Hello, and welcome to the Harvest Podcast, brought to you by The Field in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we put love into action. We hope that you are blessed by these previous sermons by our pastor, Reverend Dr. Peter M. Weary. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a comment on whichever podcast platform you use. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Mayfield Memorial Missionary Baptist Church, as well as Instagram at The Field CLT. Be blessed. Christmas is a time for facing our fears. Believe it or not, Christmas acquaints us with a lot of the things we've avoided most of our lives. We think of it in that miracle on 34th Street way, you know, all about what we get for Christmas. The tree, decorations, dinner, family, friends. And it is indeed about those things, but at the heart of Advent and Christmas is also anxiety, is also fear. Counselors will tell you this is one of the chief times of year for suicide and depression. Many people, whether they know it or not, do grapple with anxiety and fear at Christmas more than at any other time of the year. Christmas and its story are full of fearful reactions. Think about it. It was clear that Mary was afraid when the angel came to bring her the news of the soon-coming Jesus. Joseph was afraid when the angel came to him in a dream. The shepherds were sorely afraid, the book says, when the heavenly host, that crowd of angels, appeared to them out in the field. Herod was afraid when he thought the baby would replace him as king. One of our beloved members said they were glad that God didn't appear to them like God did to Joseph and Mary because the message never would have been received. He said he'd have been running. Christmas is full of notes of fear. fact is, God breaking into our lives can be unsettling and fearful. Fear, family, figures largely into how people really respond to a God who breaks into human history in ways that surprise or amaze or that make demands on us. One of the reasons our culture tries so hard, believers and non-believers alike, to take the Christ out of Christmas and commercialize Christmas is their fear of intimacy with God. That's the issue. The Pew Research study tells us that there are 30% of the American people now who classify themselves as believers in no religion. Fact is, that same study tells us that the fastest growing demographic of people in America is young people who claim they believe in nothing. One of the reasons for this, though excuses are to the contrary at times, is that people really fear and therefore mistrust and disbelieve God's outreach of intimacy with creatures like us. Most folk fear God drawing close because most of us are not really ready to receive him. We can't handle his presence. 
I'm here to tell you that the presence of God is a big deal. If God says draw, he draws close to us, then that means some things we can't manage or control. Most of us don't understand his love. We can't manage his message because it's not compatible with the messages we send to ourselves and that we hear in the culture. You come after me, I'm coming for you. Instead, he says, love your enemies. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. If your oppressor makes you go one mile, go two miles. Not to lay down to him, but to show him you ain't in charge. We can't escape God's demands. But the prophet Zephaniah comes to us this morning to confront us and to comfort us and to encourage us that the time for fear is gone. Zephaniah opens this text with a call to sing and shout and rejoice. He introduces the radical notion that the punishment rightly deserved that was spoken of at the beginning of the chapter we read today and even in the earlier chapters of the book, this judgment has been reconsidered by God. And he declares that there is no longer any reason to be afraid. He tells Judah, that the judgment they've earned for lusting after foreign gods has been forgiven and their radically righteous God has declared that instead of turning them over to their enemies, he's decided instead to love them through their issues. What kind of God is this? One of the great gifts of Christmas is that our God has delivered to us an assurance wrapped up in encouragement. God's people don't need to be afraid anymore because all of their enemies have been removed. I really could quit preaching right there. That is a shout cue for most anybody. How many of you would be willing to at least wave your hand if the Lord told you all your enemies have been removed? Let me wave too. It's interesting, though, the peculiar Semitic expression the prophet uses to bring God's people out of their previous condition of judgment. He advises, did y'all catch this? Don't let your hands hang limp. The literal rendition of the term hands hang limp in Hebrew is sinking hands. It's, it's a Hebrew figure of speech meaning helpless terror. Have you ever been so terrified that you don't really know whether to run, run, walk, stand still, scratch your head or rub your belly? You don't know what to do. You just stand there helpless. That's the sense of the Hebrew here. The Lord tells God's people, don't let your hands be that way. God says through the pen of the prophet that, that his people should no longer be afraid. But he doesn't say that the antidote for fear is courage. Watch this. He says instead that the antidote for fear is joy. I dare you to read along. As the years go by, y'all, I'm increasingly convinced that the reason so many folk become like Ebenezer Scrooge during Christmas is fear. I believe that the humbug is actually about folk feeling incapable of handling the call to openness, to intimacy, to joy that comes with this holy season. They, they view these calls as demands instead of opportunities. I'm here to tell you that in this season, God calls us to draw close to one another, and we've spent our lives building barricades. The fear associated with tearing down the walls between us and our neighbor can sometimes paralyze us. In this season, God calls us to reach out to the poor, and we have spent our lives trying not to be one of them. In this economy, we're horrified 
because some of us ain't feeling the rebound and uh, the lower unemployment and the recession receding. We don't necessarily feel it, so we fear that we're a lot closer to being poor than we'd like to admit. The fear associated with crossing over uh, the, the, the fences we've built will paralyze us. In this season, God calls us in special ways to champion the causes of justice. The fear that grips us when the powerful push back and selfishly reclaim their positions of privilege paralyzes us. The great gift that's delivered to us during this Christmas season is the gift of joy in the midst of our struggles. That's all. I really could quit preaching right there, Reverend, if I could just tell you that what God has given us is the ability to have joy. Anybody struggled in here recently? The ability to have joy in the midst of your struggle. We, we, we have joy even as we struggle with improving our relationships with one another. We've got joy even as we sacrifice to reach out to the poor. We've got joy even as we stare down the forces of evil and darkness in our world, trying to take our vote, trying to turn us into an autocracy, trying to turn us against one another, trying to make us think we're nobody, trying to make us live in fear. We have joy in the midst Mixed up that stuff. Now I know my preacher done bumped his head. He, we've got joy. Even while we go through the dark passages built into being human. We have joy even as we struggle with the embarrassing imperfections of our own humanity. No matter what's wrong with us, God says through the prophet today, Somebody say today. Today is a day to rejoice. Joy, that, that's the way we face our fears. When you've got joy, fear loses its power. I just want to give that joy as a gift to everybody who came here today and everybody who is engaging us around the world. I want to give that joy straight from the book as a gift to put under your tree. So how can we find this joy? Here it is. It's in the text. The first thing the writer Zephaniah says we ought to do if we want this kind of joy is to trust God's power. I mean, God makes some audacious claims in this text, does he not? He says, the Lord your God, watch this, this is a big one, is with you. Our Muslim brothers and sisters would, 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 shirk, would, would shrink from a notion of a God who is so magnificent and so omnipotent and omniscient and omnipresent. They would shrink from a God who dares to have temerity to tabernacle with toe-up from the flow-up folk like us. But Zephaniah says, our God is with us. His power gives you victory. For a person who's lived daily with defeat, y'all, this announcement of God's power is a revolutionary idea. I mean, the notion of a God whom Karl Barth described as holy other, even being intimate with us, brings us a stretch for a lot of folk. By the time Zephaniah is writing this, Israel had done a pretty poor job of being faithful to their relationship with God. So, so they'd fallen victim to their enemies, the book says. E even while the prophet writes, captivity in Babylon is either close at hand or a recent memory. Israel finds it hard to believe that after all the things they've been through, any kind of power is possible anymore. The prophet goes even further to say, that the power of God has reached into Israel's future. Watch this. And fought some battles that they haven't even come to yet. Y'all might have missed a shout cue. He tells Israel, God has already entered your future. And God has already fought some battles that have not yet gone upside your head. Oh, y'all better come with me. I'm going somewhere. 
This is a call to reevaluation of ourselves and our circumstance, y'all. This is God declaring that in spite of your sins, I know what you've done, God says. I've been watching you. I've known your uprising and your downsitting. I've numbered the hairs on your very hair and your chinny chin chin. I know who you are and what you've done, but in spite of your sins, I have not abandoned you. God, I feel my help in here now. He says, in fact, he's with you right now. He, 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 his power reaches out into your unseen future, and he's already won. He ain't just fighting the battles. God don't fight in that battle that he don't win because he never lost one. He has already won the battles that are laying ahead of you. Can I get me some folk to shout when the next battle shows up? Oh, I don't, don't y'all fool me now because I know what we do. When the battle comes, we go to crying, Lord have mercy. Why me, Lord? What have I ever done? I wish I could get me three disciples that when the next battle comes, you start shouting right there in front of the doctor. I dare you to shout right in front of the bailiff. I dare you to shout right in front of the mugger. I dare you to shout right in front of the porch bandit. I dare you to watch him on your bell camera. Then go outside on the porch and say, thank you, Jesus. That's what Zephaniah says. Zephaniah says, God is already out there fighting them battles. I feel like quit preaching right now, Reverend. I feel like just shouting right about here because God has already fought my battles. I, I know the battle is not mine. Ain't that what Sister Yolanda told us? It is the Lord's. Here's why. Zephaniah has told us why. Because he's already out there fighting them. You just got to trust God's power. Gotta trust his power. We gotta trust God's love, y'all. Listen, the seventh B section of verse 17 says, The Lord will take delight in you. That's a blockbuster right there. And in his love, he will give you new life. God will take his delight in you. Did you wake up this morning feeling and looking like the delight of the Lord? We got to trust his love, y'all, because it is amazing. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it, can't buy it, can't scheme up on it, can't politic it. I wish Washington was watching. This love he just gives, we got to trust it. You ever seen folk waiting in an airport? Or even better, have you seen the images, the videos of people in Gaza waiting to see their loved ones come home? The folk in Israel, when the buses pull up with their hostages, they're waving flags and jumping up and down. I've seen them do dances and skip and run and grab that one they loved. When that one appears, the dam breaks and all the love and all the delight comes gushing out of their hearts in a spectacle of giggles and tears and laughter, everything, all rolled up into one big big burst of exuberance. The book says God will take his delight. He'll carry little pictures of us in his wallet, eagerly and gladly taking them out to show to anybody who will look at them. He'll, he'll brag about us and be thrilled with every encounter he can have with us. He'll quiet us with his love. What an image. This is a picture of being drawn close to somebody, smothered with an embrace and with a snuggling up that's sheer bliss for both folk who are snuggling. When you're cur up with somebody you love on a sofa or holding hands as you walk along. There's no need for conversation. Words won't add anything to the delight of just being there with the one that you love. It's just one of those moments, y'all, when having been 
quieted by love, the best response is a sigh so deep it becomes shorthand for joy. Oh, am I talking to folks who have ever loved anybody? I want you to know if you do that, it takes trust. When you become that transparent with somebody, you got to trust them. Too many of us live isolated lives with uh, such that not, right now, some folk right in this room have to imagine, have to work hard to remember what it feels like to have somebody embrace you. The sad reality is a whole lot of folk don't get no hugs before they come to church on a Sunday. It's distant memory for some people to remember the last time somebody embraced you and said I love you. When, when you've got that kind of love in your life y'all, fear has no power over you because you know that no matter how bad life gets, no matter how tough the problem, that that kind of love will make it all bearable because at the end of the day you may not like me but I know somebody who loves me. When you know you can go back to the comfort of that love, some folk love you, that they hold you in their hearts. When you know you have that kind of love you ain't scared of no enemy when you get that kind of love no problem can penetrate no frustration is final because love makes living worthwhile when you've got that kind of love in your life hard times and enemies can't get the best of you because you know that somebody always has got your back if you had to, to imagine that love instead of remembering that love while I've been talking about that love now is the time to open up and accept God's love. That's the love I've been standing up here puffing and a sweating in the furnace that ain't got the parts yet so we all too hot. That's the kind of love I've been talking about. If you're just trying to remember it that's alright but if you're trying to imagine it you got problems. If you ain't never had that kind of love it's time for you to open up to God's love. I'm here to tell you he wants to put a little picture of you in his wallet. The text says this kind of love will give you new life. Not, not the fade cream life on TV. Not that stuff they all selling to make crow's feet go away. Not, not, that, not that stuff you, you, you wipe on your face and it draws your face up, make you look like you're smiling all the time. No, not that kind of love. He wants to give you not the new exercise machine, not the fat burning love, not, not, the, not the music hip hop love. God's love, y'all, will give you new life. God's love will make you want to keep on going even when you feel like quitting. God's love will make you feel competent even when you know you're outmatched. God's love will make you strong even when you feel like giving up. God's love will help you achieve destiny when you feel like there's no hope for you. You've got to trust God's love. I heard the song say, can't nobody do me like Jesus. That's what the old church meant. There's no love comparable to the love of God. There's no substitute for God's love. There's no imitation of God's love. You and I have just got to trust God's love. What he said he wants to do with us and do for us. What he's, how he said he wants to bless us and protect us. But I think you might have a hard time trusting God. God's love. I think you might have a hard time uh, trusting God's power if you don't always and also trust God's voice. Listen, listen, verse 17c. He will sing and be joyful over you. How many know whether God is a baritone, a bass, a tenor, soprano, countertenor? What is God? You ever heard God sing? Well, the book says God will sing and be joyful over you. I'm convinced that fear, y'all, is at the bottom of most of the negativity in this world. What, one of my favorite old TV shows, y'all remember The Dog Whisperer? I don't know if y'all ever watched it. 
this guy, Cesar Milan, would come on and he could make dogs do anything. It was as if he understood everything about them, what they were thinking and what they were doing. I used to watch that show. I learned so much from it because when I grew up, you know, y'all know where I grew up. We, we had a simplistic idea about stuff we were afraid of. Mean dog came by, we jumped on top of a car. That's like nobody could get insurance in my neighborhood. I mean, we, we thought that certain dogs in the community were just mean. One of them, we teased all the time. Dumb, stupid little kids. Teasing the dog, and of course she'd take off running after us. Therefore, we concluded, lady was mean. But, but the dogs weren't all mean. I mean, I learned from the dog whisperer that most dogs who show aggression are just afraid. I mean, the dogs were afraid of us. We were afraid of the dogs. People owned the dogs because they were afraid. We lived in one big cycle of fear. The same is true for most negative things that happen in life. Even the folk you struggle with in life, whether in business or in your personal circle, there's a struggle because there is fear. The fact is, they don't really know you well enough to hate you. Usually, they're mean to you because they don't understand you. They keep their distance from you because they don't know you. They don't get to know you because deep down, they're afraid of you. Oh, you don't believe me. They are afraid. They're afraid of what you'll do. They're afraid of what you'll say. They're afraid if you got a video, if you got a camera recording them when they're at a party. And y'all don't read the news, do you? They're afraid of all kinds of stuff that you might not do or do. They are scared to death of you. So they can't really hate you. They act hatefully, but they don't hate you. They could only hate you if they knew you well enough to do so. They don't know your heart. They don't know your thoughts. They don't know your dreams. They don't understand your motives. You can take a person's actions at face value, but their motives, you really can't ever know. This stuff saps the joy out of life, y'all. Walking around every day full of misunderstanding, informed by misinformation and disinformation, that's a surefire prescription for living a life of fear. Prophet comes by, he offers God's folk, and that includes us, an antidote for fear and a way to live a life full of joy. That's God's voice. Yeah, God's voice, y'all, makes the difference when our ears are barraged by the noise of fear and anxiety. God's voice, family, is the referee who calls the fight in our favor after we've been knocked down time after time after time. God's voice calls into the darkness of our own defeatism and declares, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The prophet even uses a peculiar Semitic expression to explain a rare theological reality. He says, God sings. The only way to experience this kind of joy that is right for the season is to know that joy is a two-way street. We've got joy because God has joy. We can sing because God sings. The text says he will sing and be joyful over you. I, I heard the lightning flashing. I heard the thunder rolling, but I can't listen to that because my God is singing. I'm sorry, y'all, that you're scared. I'm, I'm sorry that you're sad, but, but my God ain't singing a sad funereal song. My God is singing a song of joy. Here's what shouted me, Reverend Stinson. Here's what shouted me. When I think about what happens when God opens God's anthropomorphic mouth, that is, God ain't never really got their mouth. God ain't got their vocal cords. I know that's bad grammar, but it's good gospel. God don't have no hard palate, no soft palate to expertly execute it like Wanda Wary. God ain't got that. But, but my book says that when God says anything, guess what happens? Whatever God speaks comes to pass. God, I feel like quit preaching now. 
I just want to testify a minute. When God opens God's mouth, the universe has to sit up and take notice. How do you know, preacher, I got primary source information. The book says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. But the Spirit of God moved on the waters. And when the Spirit started moving, then God got motivated. He gave a little homily. He said, let there be light. And light jumped out of the bosom of the azure velveteen heavens. He said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the chaotic waters that, that will separate the night, the earth from the heavens. And that firmament he called dry land and the heavens were separated by the oceans of the deep which he spoke out of his mouth and the mighty Pacific Ocean began teeming down the muddy banks of every coastline. He said, let there be fish in the midst of the sea and out of nilo, ex nilo, out of nothing, fish and what the book calls sea monsters started squirming through the deep blue, the expanse of the oceans. I, I'm here to tell you that when God speaks, something happens. When God opens God's mouth, stuff gets busy. I, I hear the psalmist say it, that this earth is his and the fullness thereof, the, the world and they that dwell therein it. When God starts speaking, the world changes. I wonder what happens when God would start singing. If God starts singing, one, 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 biblical, one biblical piece of wisdom says, he who sings prays twice. Because you ain't just relying on uh, the, the staccato uh, signals of voice and sound that come out when you speak. But you're sustaining your idea that when you sing, did y'all hear Dr. Wanda singing today? She didn't just say, oh, holy night, the stars are bright. She said, oh, holy, I can't even do it, night. The stars are bright. She was sustaining this song of faith because when God, if she sang so beautifully, can you imagine what happens to your enemies when God starts singing? I, I believe he's in B flat. That when God starts singing, he rejoices over his beloved. Isaiah said over Judah and Jerusalem as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. I heard David danced in front of the Ark of the Covenant in exultation with all of his might. So God rejoices over God's people. As the morning stars sang at the creation of the world and the angels shouted for joy, Job said God sings with elation over God's beloved. I'm here to tell y'all that when God sings, the intensity, the volume overrides the noise of every hater and naysayer. When God sings, it overwrites the cacophony of everyone who disparages you. It overwrites the pejorative assessments of everybody who ever told you you ain't going to be nothing. When God sings, it overwrites the darkness that invades your life from time to time. When God sings, it drowns out every contrary conversation. When God sings, it overpowers the force of every adverse wind. When God sings, it deafens the din of every deadly detractor. When God sings, the wind from his breath blows through the cosmos and moves bells of joy. I wonder what God sings. 
I hear God saying, Israel, the Lord who created you, don't you be afraid. I will save you. I called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through deep waters, I will be with you. Has he ever sung this song to you? Your troubles won't overwhelm you. When you pass through the fire, you won't get burned. The hard trials that come will not hurt you. I wonder what God sings. I believe God sang the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. They lived in a land of shadows, but now light is shining on them. You've given them great joy, Lord. You've made them happy. We rejoice in what you have done. You have broken the yoke that burdens your people and the rod that beat their shoulders. I hear God saying, for unto us a son is born, unto us a son is given, and he will be ruler, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's why this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. So if you don't mind, I know you got power, but how about I trust God's power? I know you got a voice, but I'm, I'm trusting God's voice. I know you know something, but I know somebody who knows everything. Can I sing a minute? He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me I am his own. Can I sing a minute? I've seen the lightning flashing. I've heard the thunder roll. I felt sin's breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard, I heard, I heard the voice of Jesus telling me still, fight on. He sang, never, never will I leave you. Never gonna leave you alone. So hark the herald. Angels sing, glory, glory, glory. I wish I had somebody to help me tell him glory to the newborn king. He sings peace on the earth. No matter what warmongers say, goodwill to everybody. No matter what racists say, glory. Glory, glory, glory. I dare you to sing. What God is singing. Ah, Lord, it'll be a time. It'll be a time of power. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. It'll be a mighty time. If you sing what God is singing, creative recreation will break out all over your life. I dare you to put these words in your mouth. Life and death, y'all, I keep telling you. It's in the power of the tongue. 
Stop declaring doom. Hallelujah, somebody. Stop giving credit to enemies. Stop declaring destruction over your life, over your family, over your friends, over your church, over your community. Stop declaring destruction and sing what God is singing. Aren't you glad we got a singing God? Zephaniah said, he sings over you. It's a joyful song. I dare you to just meet every obstacle with joy. Joy, listen, joy is not happiness. You, you ain't got to be happy to have joy. Matter of fact, y'all, some of the most powerful moments in my life have been joyful in the midst of deep sadness, unhappiness. Happiness says, I need stuff to work out like I want it to. Happiness says, I, I need the ducks in a row. Happiness says, I need to know what the next step is. Joy says, it don't matter. Because what I'm looking for is not dependent on nobody but God. Oh, I wish I had some witnesses in this house. <laughs> I ain't waiting on you. Love you. Ah, but I'm waiting on God. Who is already in my future fighting some battles I don't know about yet. So when I get to the battle, that's why I declare it victory. Hey, God, I'm not just pie in the sky imagining no by and by. Charles Adams used to say on the ground, by the pound, while you're still around. That's why I have joy. God has already done it. <laughs> Trust his voice, y'all. What he has said matters. Family around the world, I'm reaching out to you right now and to those who are in this space. The time has come. Change your family tree. Trust God's power. He has it. We don't. Trust God's love. It overcomes everything. Y'all know that love is stronger than anything? You don't believe it? Sometimes we get seduced, hoodwinked into thinking that hate and anger is stronger than anything because we saw the capital overrun by a wave after wave of hate. And a whole lot of folk who started it are still skating. No, 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 no. The arc of the moral universe is long. And it bends toward justice. Just trust God's power. Some stuff is sheep stuff, Mother Wilson, and some stuff is shepherd stuff. I want to just do the sheep stuff. I'll let God handle the shepherd stuff. Trust his power. Trust his love. And trust his voice. Are you here today? Are you in our online community? There's a hashtag down on the lower left of your screen. It says, field me, C-L-T. If you put that hashtag in the chat line now, it means one of two things. It means either you need Jesus as your Savior, or it means that you're looking for a church family. We've learned you don't have to be living in the Charlotte metropolitan statistical area to be a part of the field. Ain't that right, PJ? Ain't that right, Deacon Coderidge, Deacon Angie, Dr. Tony? I could go on. All over the country, all over the world, there are people who associate themselves with this ministry. You need a family. That's the point. Don't be caught away from the flock. 
get yourself attached today. I can recommend no place more highly than right here at the Field Charlotte. We're in the community. We're in the Word. We love one another. One of us suffers, all of us suffer. First, meet Jesus. You need him in your life. No other person who called themselves Savior said he and God were equal and then went on to prove it by letting God get him up on the third day after his death. And he lives forever. All you got to say with your life is, I love you, Jesus. That's what the song says. We're going to invite you with that very song. I got some preachers here. For those of you in the room who feel led to be a part of the family of faith or the family of the field, these preachers are standing right here to say welcome to you, to make sure you get brought into the family here. Our digital ministry, our digital church team is coming after you if you put it in the chat line just do it today that's the word right there come on everybody sing it before you make a decision just sing it with us one time I love you Jesus I worship Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you. sing it again. If you're here in this room, I'm going to ask everybody to stand in solidarity with somebody, a brother or sister, on the brink of a decision. We're standing with you as a witness that when you give your life to Jesus, trusting his power, trusting his love, trusting his voice, he will turn the tide in your life. How many in this room have had Jesus already do that? Turn the tide. Look around you. We are a cloud of witnesses, y'all. We are a cloud of witnesses. We can attest to it. He's able. We're going to sing it now. And as we sing it this time, just step out from where you're sitting if you want to make that commitment to him or to be part of the field family. We'll send you wherever you tell us you want to go. We just offer these doors. Just tell him, Lord, I love you more than anything. Come on, we're going to sing it again. Just make your way. If you can't make it all the way, just step out into the aisle. We'll come get you. I love you, Jesus.
have to wait. Join our brother. Come on. I love you, Jesus. going to get ready to leave this place and as we do go with Christmas joy the joy of knowing Jesus has broken into the world God in him he has come to bring power to bring love and to bring his voice to us declaring the battles have been fought the victory has been won Go out of here today telling him thank you. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever, that all of God's free people, that all of God's people who are facing their fears with joy, say amen. Go in peace. much for listening to the Harvest Podcast. We pray that the message has uplifted, encouraged, and challenged you as you continue your walk with God. If you're looking for a church home, the great news is the field is not confined by the four walls of the church, for we all know that the people are the church. If you wish to become a partner in ministry, but more importantly, a member of God's family, simply reach out to us Facebook at Mayfield Memorial Missionary Baptist Church or on Instagram at the Field CLT. Thank you once again and be blessed.